Phil Knight is after the Portland Trailblazers once again. And Scoot Henderson visited the Blazers. But will they even consider selecting him? We'll talk about that and more on the Sports by Northwest podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. I cover the Blazers for the Oregonian OregonLive.com. And I'm joined by our columnist, Bill Oram. Bill, how was your weekend? I guess it's Tuesday now, but we'll still ask, how, are you, how was your weekend? And how are you? I had a great weekend. I spent a few days up in the mountains in Park City, so I had a great uh, a great weekend with a, with a few friends, Ooh. got out of town, now back at it, uh, turning my attention to this Oregon Ducks baseball run to the Super Regionals, Blazers offseason, draft is coming right up. It's uh, a busier time than you might expect in early June. So wait, you went to Utah, right? For a trip? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just you and the guys? Just you and the guys? Mm-hmm. How, yeah, how's that work? How, who's having a big birthday, milestone birthday. How's that work in your household? What's the question? How's that work in your household? Uh, it works very, it works very, uh, it works very carefully. But no, I have, a, <laughs> I have an awesomely supportive wife who uh, will have, will have the opportunity to go on probably... I think I think the ratio is three to one. For every day I'm gone for fun, she gets three days to be gone for fun. So oh. my, my three day adventure should be paid back as a nine day adventure. <laughs> so she can she can withdraw from that bank at any time she would like. Dang. I, I only ask because on Instagram I follow a lot of golf videos, you know, for tips that make me like a little bit better. And there's always some that joke about the guy going out for a golf weekend and his wife or girlfriend just going off on him. And I was laughing about it because my wife has never been like that. So I was just curious if it was a, a, a thing for you. But I think it's, I think it's, they, those kind of things are overblown. But sometimes they cannot be. But it looks like you guys have negotiated a workable deal. Speaking of workable deals, you like that segue, don't you? The Portland Trailblazers wow. <laughs> and uh, Phil Knight are back in the news because Phil Knight is trying to work a workable deal with the Blazers. To get them, we all know that last year there was uh, reportedly a $2 billion plus offer. What the plus is, we don't know exactly. Uh, for the Blazers that Jody Allen turned down, this caused a bit of a uh, uh, scuttlebutt in the Portland area because most fans Meltdown. seem to be very excited. <laughs> Meltdown. I tried to keep it, you know, not quite that far. But yes, Meltdown works. Because uh, I think most people would like to see Phil Knight on the team and see what he would do with the Rose Quarter and with the team, et cetera. Although I think it's hilarious when people act like the Blazers would automatically start winning championships. But uh, aside from that, uh, the, the deal was not only turned down, but publicly they said, they being Jody Allen and the Blazers, said the team's just not for sale. Fast forward to now, there's an article in the yep. Wall Street Journal from uh, Rachel Bachman, who used to work for the Oregonian. And she revealed that apparently there have been other efforts made by Phil Knight to purchase the um, and Al- Alan Smolinski. I think is that, that's right, right? Alan Smolinski. Yep. Smolinski, I think. But yeah. Real... Say it again. That's screwed up. I think it's Smolinski, but you're 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 close. Smolinski. Okay, my bad. Or I'm wrong. One um, of the two. They've made <laughs> they've made other offers to uh, purchase the team and have again been rebuffed this time by Burt Cold, who is the vice chair of the Blazers. Anyway, this caused another little mini meltdown about the whole situation. Uh, I have feelings on it. I'm sure you have feelings on it in terms of 
whether or not she should sell, when she should sell, if it matters, if it's even even that big of a deal, or if maybe Phil Knight should just step up and just make an offer she can't refuse. Anyway, let's start with you. What do you make of this situation as it stands right now? Before I get your answer, what's you know kind of interesting to me is that other than the two billion plus we know about last summer, we don't know what the offer has been raised to because reportedly they have come forth and said, well, clearly prices have gone up. We'll offer you more, but we don't know what that is. Like it's a completely different conversation if they offer 2.8 as opposed to 2.5 before as, or if they're offering four or 3.8 now. So we don't know that. So that makes it a little difficult to judge the entire right. thing. But anyway, what say you? Well, I mean, so I preface this by saying that Jody can sell the team when she feels like it is best for the estate. So she doesn't have to sell the team to Phil Knight just because he's there. Right. And I fully recognize that it, it is her um, is is her right here. That said, you know, you read the Wall Street Journal piece done by Rachel, which was tremendous, and it just sort of unfolds as though. You know, they are treating the Blazers like another piece of this 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 vast estate that they will get to eventually. And and I think that that is where I feel like it is not fair to the team, to the fan base, to the city. You know, figuring out the future of the Trailblazers should be a priority. Um, it sh- it's not the same as an art collection. It's not the same as a Manhattan um, you know, penthouse. I mean, it, there's a public trust element to a professional sports team. And so, you know, I would like to think that the, that, that the, the owners of the Blazers, Jody Allen, and then, you know, the people around her are operating with the best interest of the future of the trailblazers. If they're not doing that, then they should absolutely sell now. Um, and, and I think that, you know, for the most part, they are, they've been totally fine in terms of keeping hands on the wheel, but the reality is they are going to have to sell the team. It's going to have to be divested. And it is not satisfying to a fan, to an observer, to anybody who has any sort of stake in the future of the franchise or the city to hear Jody Allen say, or her representatives say that, you know, 10 to 20 years is a reasonable timeline to resolve the estate. That is not reasonable when it comes to the future of a sports team. When you, when every decision is going to be held up against the, well, how does this impact a sale? How does the fact this team is going to have to be sold impact what is being done here? I mean, you can't tell you that Jody isn't investing. Like she's spending the money to, to, to support the team, but mm-hmm. I don't think you can look at the Blazers and say the Blazers are doing anything cutting edge. You know, the Blazers aren't, you know, aren't lapping the field in any area. There's no area where you feel like they are, um, you know, ahead of the game. So, I mean, you know, keeping the lights on is very different from, you know, being a proactive and really good owner. And I don't think we've seen anything from Jody where you'd say, those are her fingerprints. That is what she is like as, as an NBA owner. So, you know, whereas you look at Phil Knight, yes, he's 85. Yes. He will not probably be here for a long run of hands-on ownership with the trailblazers if a deal were to go through, but you know, he's somebody you are, you, you are, you know, to have built things. So you've seen, you know, master branding and creating things out of nothing. And I think that there is a real belief that, you know, you bring sort of his, his vision, but also the people who have sort of um, implemented his vision over the last 50 years into, you know, the 60 years into the Blazers. And there's something really exciting there, even if it's not Phil himself for the next, you know, 20 years. So that's why I think that this has really captivated the imagination of the fan base is this idea that, you know, you would be handing over the Blazers to someone who is invested in keeping the team in Portland, is invested in, um, you know, really 
pouring money into it and making it a cutting edge franchise, I think would be the expectation. And, and, and seeing what that looks like instead of sort of this slow play from Jody, which is, well, eventually we will sell the team to somebody, but we're not going to tell you when, and we're not going to tell you who. And I understand like, it doesn't work out to her benefit in, from a negotiation standpoint to say, Hey, we will sell the team within 18 months. Like she needs to keep her options open, but it is a really unsatisfying message. I think for fans to hear that, you know, Jody Allen could just be kind of slow playing this for another. I mean, even if you do the math, okay, Phil or Paul Allen died six years ago so or five years ago. And so she said 20 years. So even if it's 15 more years, are you kidding me? This team is going to be <laughs> passively for sale or, uh, or not for sale for 15 more years. That's just not acceptable. I mean, there needs to be yeah. some kind of resolution. And so what I said is if she's not going to sell the team to Phil, then give us a reason why and give us a roadmap of what this actually looks like a mission statement of what this is actually going to look like and why what's best for the franchise is for you to hold on to it. And not just what's best for, you know, the coffers of the estate, you know, in 15 years, because obviously team values are going up. Will they go up forever and into perpetuity? Like you would think that at a certain point there's a ceiling, but I mean, not the way things are growing in the NBA. Um, But, you know, I guess my, here's my worst case scenario. And I don't, I don't want to be a doomsday uh, type person when it comes to the future of the Blazers and like the possibility of leaving. But it is not that difficult to imagine that Jody doesn't sell to Phil Knight, you know, and Phil, you know, in the next however many years is no longer here or loses interest even in buying the Blazers and says, you know what, I'm out. I'm not interested in this. Um, and, and some billionaire from Connecticut comes in and says, hey, I can buy the Portland Trailblazers. And they have a value in Portland of $3.2 billion. So I can buy them for $3.2 billion. What would their value be on the Las Vegas Strip? I mean, I just, I just, it, I don't see how you can't have that be part of this discussion that, that, you know, the Blazers are institutionalized here, but there are enough just things sort of floating out there with the, you know, the arena deal, uh, the, the land lease that comes up in two years, the fact that the team is, not for sale, but also has to be sold, which is just an unsatisfying paradox. I just think that (laughs) local ownership, even though it's Phil Knight, even though Phil Knight is also a billionaire who is not perfect, you know, he's also somebody who just invested $400 million into, um, you know, traditionally black neighborhoods in in Portland. He cares about the city. He is of the city. Um, I just think that if the team is going to be sold one way or another, and Jody can hang on to it as long as she wants, but eventually the team has to be sold. She's legally bound to sell the team. Then tell me how it's going to get better than Phil Knight and all of his connections and all of his, uh, you know, all, all that he does for the city of Portland, the state of Oregon. Now you can say, Hey, I don't like the idea of, you know, the Nikeification of, of the trailblazers. Like that seems too corporate and I don't like it. And that's fine. Cause I think you would see a really sleek Nike fied, blazers organization um and you know maybe that's not the same sort of product that you've you've been used to but i'd i'd be curious to know in what ways it wouldn't be better than kind of this sort of just like death march frankly as it pertains to ownership i don't know aaron interesting um what jumps out to you (laughs) no i i i mean every point you made is more than legit uh but i i i I don't think the 10 to 20 years thing is necessarily a thing. I think that's just like, Hey, we don't have to for 10 to 20. I don't think that that's going to be the goal necessarily. 
yeah. But for me, it comes down to so the entire purpose of selling off the estate is to get money for the charities that Paul Allen wants to support. Sure. Shoot. Can you hear me better now? Um, anyway, so in just a year, <laughs> we've seen a situation where they were offered two plus billion and then the Suns yep. just went for four billion, right? So what are yep. the Blazers worth now? If, if the Suns went for four billion, what are the Blazers worth? Three and a half? I mean, I thought, like, sure, let's just say three and a half. Three and a half. I, I mean, that feels maybe a little high, but 3.2, whatever, sure. Okay, so by waiting, so by waiting while everyone was calling her whatever they were calling her, she maybe has made another billion dollars for her brother's overall goal. So this is where I step in. And I'm just like, everyone totally. needs to just kick rocks because no one is in the position to tell her what she should do with her brother's assets. And she's already proven just in this one year that she was right and everyone else was wrong, including Phil Knight, because Phil Knight's offer was not even close to adequate. We don't know what the new offer is. Was it, Like I said, did it just go up 400K or, or not 400K, 400 million, 500 million? We don't know. Now, I would argue, because some people say, well, they, they, as soon as they sell it, they can get that money to charity, as if people know what the charities are, like there's people standing on the street corner waiting for the money or something. Well, I would argue, okay, if it's about getting money into charity right away, if it's about Jody Allen just moving the team and, and not wasting wasting everyone's time, then why isn't Phil Knight, who's what eighty six and worth? Was he worth? He's worth about the same, isn't he? Then why does he step up with an offer that cannot be refused? And then more money goes and to charity, might, he and he well gets. Might end up doing and, he, and he might, but he didn't the first time, and then they made it public, and there was that ridiculous article. With uh, Larry Miller in the in uh, the New York Post, the former executive from uh, Nike, calling Jody Allen toxic and putting out the nonsense that he that she refused to talk to Dame, which I was in Vegas for summer league and had to write about. You know, like there's some shenanigans going on behind the scenes. I believe involved involved with this, which is why Jody's not taking anyone's calls. I also believe that she's doing a lot to help the franchise. When I see people say she doesn't care about winning or she doesn't care about the team or, you know, she doesn't do this, she doesn't do that. She okayed the, the hiring of extra staff, extra scouts, extra assistant GMs, the G League team. And I said to some fan the other day, he was like, Phil Knight will take Phil Knight will take this team into the stratosphere and win championships. I'm like, well, is Phil Knight going to change the salary cap? Is Phil Knight going to make free agents want to come to Portland or other mm -hmm. teams trade their best players? Like, Phil Knight owns the Blazers now. Here comes Siakam for Trenton Watford. Here comes Jalen Brown for, you know, uh, just – no, that's not going to happen. So, it's, it's like, you know, Mark Cuban won a championship. He, he did. But there's no one in the NBA that you, you can't say anyone wants to win more than that guy. And he just missed the playoffs with one of the best players in the league. And then added – like so you can't just magically start winning because you're Phil Knight. Um, so I think I, I think what Jody Allen's doing is what's in the best interest of the estate. You may not agree it's in the best interest of the Blazers, although we don't know that for sure. And she's trying to get as much as possible. Or she just likes running the team and she wants to run it, and it's her team. And she has billions to work with to run it. So it's not like she – you know, she, she she approved Dame's extension. Like if I if she didn't care about the Blazers, why would she approve a two year hundred twelve million dollar extension for a guy who's going to be thirty six at the end of it? If she didn't care about trying to win, like I just don't. Why is she at game sitting baseline 
for pure tankathon games. <laughs> like I wouldn't be anywhere near if I didn't care about a team I owned and they were in tank mode. Why am I flying down to what? Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I think it's going to be sold sooner rather than later. But I think you can accelerate the process if you're Phil Knight if you just overpay. Now I you know I mentioned this on Twitter and it's easy for me to say because I'm not a billionaire running around that circle. But, the, but if I were worth 20 to $30 billion and the Chicago Bears came up for sale tomorrow and the valuation was six, I'd offer seven and a half like that. And everyone would say, oh, Fitchers, you're stupid. Fine, I'm stupid. I own the Bears. I'm a, yeah, I'm the dummy. I own the Bears. Same thing with Balmer. Remember, remember when Balmer bought the uh, Clippers for $2 billion? I read and listened to sports pundits and pe- business people say he overpaid. They're not worth that much. But and I'm just like, dude, there's 30 NBA teams. He wanted one. He had a chance to get one. He overpaid. What are the Clippers worth now? If the Suns went for four, what are the Clippers worth? At least four. So he doubled his money while he, everyone was saying he was stupid. So my thing is, Phil Knight needs to step up with an offer Jody Allen cannot refuse. Make it public. I'm offering her $4 billion right now. And if Jody Allen says no, she needs to justify it. Then, then I think there can be a lot of vitriol about it. But right now, we don't know what they've offered. And she's been proven right. She's winning. She won the first round. Everyone looks stupid who criticized her. Every single person. You look dumb because she made at least another billion dollars by waiting a year. That's my stance. And I think the and the question that I put um, in the, that I put in the column is: Do you believe that Jody Allen outmaneuvered Phil Knight, or that she just you know she was being obstinate and it and it paid off? And it gets back to your point. There's a, See, there's a few things to unpack there. Um, but why, you know, well, why not, would that even uh, be a question? No, 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 no. I gave you had the, you had the floor. Why would what be a question? But why why do we even have to? We don't know. Marginalize we, we don't know like enough that. of Jody. Like like what? Why is she automatically her. being? I'm just saying. You're saying she, she accidentally won. How is she? I'm just saying if she is, she's not even taking the phone. The Phil Knight phone call is so? it because she knows that things are going are going through the roof, or is it because she's just I'm not ready to do this because I'm still having fun with it. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Even though it needs to be divested, it is going to eventually happen. And at, at that point, it is selfishly your whole. And listen, she owns it, or the state owns it, so she has the right to do it. But is it what's good for the health of the franchise, for the city? Because this is not somebody who has ever shown an interest in the city of Portland. And this is true of Paul Allen as well. Paul Allen, like despite you know his great love of the Trailblazers, very visible presence with the Trailblazers, his willingness to spend like crazy on the Trailblazers. It wasn't like you felt like he was part of the community or part of the or part of this, the fabric of the city. And, you know, that's true of owners in other places, too. Other teams have owners who live elsewhere. But I think that, you know, especially when you consider kind of the, the culture here, like local ownership would be deeply meaningful in Portland. Doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. But it would be really meaningful, and so and when you talk about Jody and her and what she and what she's and what she's doing here, and I'm I'm not all I'm not saying Jody has to sell the team to Phil Knight. That's not where I am, but I do not feel a great sense of connection between Jody and the Trailblazers. Like I understand that she sits courtside at you know one out of every three games. I understand that she you know is you know that you know Joe Cronin and Dwayne Hankins give her a lot of credit for being really receptive. But there is also the fact that, you know, Burke, Burke Hold, who is the vice chairman of the Trailblazers, Paul Allen's former roommate, you know, has always been sort of presented as a boogeyman in the Blazers sphere, right? <laughs> um, you know, and listen, none of these people are stupid, right? These people are all highly successful because they are not stupid. So I want to be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. But Burke Cold has 
always sort of been seen as this person who wanted to meddle in the Blazers, wanted to be able to, you know, have sort of the hobby of, you know, being a shadow GM of the Blazers. And there is a perception, you know, that I've, that plenty of people, that he has, that he has more power now with the basketball of the Blazers, especially since Neil Neil Olshay has not been there. And so if they are just enjoying running the team and, and then that is where they're not. That's why they are slow playing a sale. These two things do not align. You can't be, you can't enjoy running the team into perpetuity when there's the inevitable we need to sell the team. Why? Because so, you're not operating in the best interest of actually selling the team. Because the operating in the best interest of selling the team and maximizing its value, your focus would be on the estate. Instead, your focus is on, hey, I'm enjoying running the team. And to what okay. end? Okay. That's my question. To what okay. So, end? So, okay, wait, 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 wait. Which comes first? It sounds like you're saying they just want to run the team, have fun running the team. That comes first over the state. I, I, I'm saying BS. I'm saying the, the estate is vast. We all know that. Why would you sell the assets that are appreciating the fastest first? That's just ridiculous. You wouldn't do that. You, you sell them last because they're going to double in that amount of time from when you start selling off the state to when you sell it. So what were the Blazers worth in 2018 after Paul Allen passed? What were the teams going for there? That, is that when did Bomber buy the Clippers? It was around then. What, no, was it earlier than that? I can't remember. Uh, 20, 20, 2014. 2014. So, so we bought them for two and that was considered overpay. I believe that, uh, okay. So, so since Paul Allen passed away, the Blazers have at least doubled in value, at least. So mm-hmm. it, it, here's what I'm saying. I don't think they're sitting there going, man, we could get all this money and it'd be a, a great deal. But no, nah, I want to play fancy, fo- fancy football, fancy basketball with the Seahawks and the Blazers. I think they're like, we're selling these things late because they're going to keep appreciating. There's no, the, remember when the Bucks went for 750 million? I can't remember when that was. And everyone was like, wow, that's crazy. That's like chump change now. And it wasn't that long ago. So they're thinking, mm-hmm. we're going to keep mm-hmm. these things because they're going to continue to appreciate. We're going to get even more money for the estate. And in the meantime, since we're keeping it, yeah, I'm going to have fun running it. That's how I think it's going. I don't think they're so, withholding funds. And, and again, and again, the only evidence we have of this being even a, a consideration is from Phil Knight and company making an offer last year that we know a year later was garbage. So they're right. Whether they're holding it for funsies or not, which I don't think it is. I think they're holding it to let it appreciate and then having fun with it in the meantime. One is a practical path. The other, and the people are trying to paint, is a sinister path that I just don't buy because they've been proven correct. And they will continue to be proven correct because these franchises keep going up in value at a crazy rate. So anyway. I mean, listen, you're doing a great job of arguing on behalf of the billionaire. <laughs> They're um, all billionaires, I think, so I mean, and, and the other. But like, here's the deal, and I, I'm not going to say at a certain point, like, isn't it enough money or whatever? Like, I understand, maximize your value, whatever, squeeze, squeeze every, you know, every penny from the stone or whatever the, you know, whatever. But at a certain point, I think there needs to be pressure on Jody Allen to make sure that she's doing what is best for for the franchise because the Blazers existed before Paul Allen showed up and the Blazers need to exist when the Allens eventually turn in the keys as well. And I think that she is taking the team on a more dangerous path by not engaging in a good faith negotiation with Phil Knight. And listen, you want Phil Knight, you want Jody to squeeze every, every penny out of this. You want Jody to maximize the value of this team. 
because that is her right as a as a seller, right? But then you right. want Phil to come in and just throw an extra billion or two billion at it. Well, why can't Jody take a two billion dollar haircut for the good of the team? You want Phil to overpay by two billion dollars for the good of the team. Why doesn't it work out both ways? No, they it, both need to come together and have a good faith negotiation and figure out if they can if they can if they can get there. And if not, Phil can walk away. You know, and I and that's fine. But I think as a citizen of Portland, as somebody who cares about the 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 legacy of the Blazers and that the vibe. Vi- viability of the Blazers, I'm not going to say, well, it's okay that the Blazers moved to Vegas because billionaire X came in and bought them after Phil Knight died and b- bought the team, moved the team to Vegas because Jody Allen was within her right to do so. And that's what we're going to, and I'm not saying that's what we will be talking about, but if that's what we're talking about in three years, like, are you going to be sitting up here saying, well, I was proven right because she got maximum value and Phil was lowballing her. So therefore it all worked out great. No, this is, this is about more than Jody Allen being able to make donations to save the whales. And listen, all of, I mean, listen, Paul Allen is an amazing philanthropist and the, the legacy of divesting assets and, and liquidating assets and, and making such vast donations to charity is remarkable. An opportunity that neither you or I will ever have unless this podcast gets another sponsor soon. And I just think that there has to be sort of, this needs to be not so, you know, Jody Allen must sell. Phil Knight can save the Blazers. There needs to be a, you know, Jody gets all of her money. Phil, like, there needs to be, I think, an awareness that this is a public trust. And it's a privately owned public trust, if there is such a thing. So please understand that I get that. But there needs to be a world in which what's best for Jody Allen is also what's best for the health and viability of the Trailblazers. And I think the scenario you're describing and the world that you're you're kind of occupying on this puts the Blazers on a much more dangerous path. And so, and so, That's my a, answer to and I, I don't, just, I, I don't disagree with. If you want to, if you, if you want to drop, go ahead. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, listen. The, the whole idea of someone else eventually buying the team and Jody Allen getting more money for it, and then that person potentially moving the team. I agree. That's, that's can't be a thing. And if Joey Allen were to allow something like that, then yeah, I think she becomes definitely the villain. Like there's just no doubt. Send Batman (laughs) and Superman to bring her to justice. Right. Um, But we don't know that she would do that. We don't know necessarily what other, what other entities could be that could come along and buy it. So I'm with you on that and trying to avoid that. And that Phil has made it clear that that's one of his goals, that he wants to make sure the team stays important. Now, you made a great point about, you know, said you, you said, Aaron, that she should try and get more out of it. Well, why can't it work the other way? Why does Phil have to throw more money at it? And that's something that, you know, people keep talking about in terms of who should basically give in to whom. Uh, they're, they're both in a position to do pretty much whatever they want. But at the end of the day, the sale of the team is going to benefit various charities. So whatever extra, quote unquote, extra Phil pays is going to benefit charities. It's not going to necessarily go into Jody Allen's pocket. So we are seeing a situation where the value of franchises are going up based on what people are willing to pay, which continues to just go up at at a high rate because there's only 30 of these things. And so what I'm saying is, Mm -hmm. 
if I mean, what, what's killing us in this whole conversation is that we don't know what the offer was. We already all know that the first offer of two billion plus was weak. So if the offer now is three and a half, then you and I are on the same page. Jody, what the hell are you doing? I'd be like, Jody, sell it. If the offer is 2.6, I'd be like, Jody, don't sell it. Now, I think, again, Phil Knight, you can't take it with you. And at the end of the day, no matter what you pay for it, you're going to get it back. And at the end, and what, the only person who's going to profit from the increased value of the franchise is the next person who buys it, not Jody Allen. The estate benefits. So why am I, if I'm Jody, worried about selling it to someone who's just going to make billions and billions down the road on it? I want some of those billions now for, for, for my brother's goals. I, I, so I really overpay, want, so overpay what I want, what and I set want the market and get it if you what really I want, want it. Allen is, is a bit of a roadmap. Is what? You want what? I want a roadmap. I mean, I want Jody Allen, like, I, I want Jody Allen to not not have a press conference not explain why you know she's not selling the team to Phil I mean I don't expect that from from her but I do think some clarity from that side on what the future of the Trailblazers looks like is and I don't want her to hurt her negotiating position I don't want her you know if if it's strictly about the media rights deal in 2025 when you know the NBA is going to be looking for you know some say triple their current TV deal you know in the streaming world um you know I can understand that. I'm not. I'm not unaware of the capitalist elements of this situation, but I think when you have a figure who is as meaningful to Portland as Phil Knight is, who has done as much for the state as Phil Knight has, and listen, you can ar- we can argue about his politics and like where 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 all, where has his money really gone, and you know uh, foreign labor and all of that. But I mean, Phil Knight has just dumped, I mean, billions of dollars into the state of Oregon. Um, and, and I just feel that there is a real opportunity for there to be something that is good for everyone. Right. Like the richest man in the state is going to, is going to invest in maybe the most important, um, institution in the state. It's a uh, hospitals are certainly more important than universities. Entertainment, but but like I mean, but I mean, certainly one of the most visible institutions (laughs) institutions in the state mean may mean the most to the most people in the state. Um, Schools? Did I mention schools? Schools Oregon football. Um, Newspapers are important, (laughs) but um, it it feels like there is this is potentially too good of a of, of a deal. Not a deal, because we don't know the deal, like you said. It's too good of a match to let it go by the wayside because you aren't even returning phone calls, because you're you're passing, you know, Phil off to Burt Cold. I think that there needs to be a coming together of these very smart people, these very rich people. What what does what matter? What does it matter if she just has Burt handle the phone call? Because she owns the team. Bert's, Bert's, Bert's she's the chair. assistant. He, Bert she's is the not the owner. She's He's, the chair. I, He's the. I, 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 want, I mean, there's a seat. That would be like that would be like Phil. I mean, listen. I understand. You think Phil, Phil took every meeting ever, or did he send people to take the meetings? We just saw the movie Air. Did Phil go recruit I think, Michael Jordan? No, he sent his the basketball. The movie Air guy. was bullshit. <laughs> okay. The movie. Did you read the reporting in the Oregonian by your colleague Jeff Manning about how wrong the movie Air was? I did not read that. But like, anyway, listen. So he made. So Phil Knight made every. It's single fantastic. Deal. Read the Oregonian. Support local news. <laughs> Here's my point. 
<laughs> my point my point is my point is that Phil Knight, who is one of the most significant figures in American industry of the last century, is calling and wants to strike a deal. You are Jody Allen. You are legally obligated to sell the asset that this greatest figure in the American industry is calling about. And you're not like having a CEO to CEO level conversation about that because she, because they're not, not making an offer. That's and I but, want Jody to be see this. Is, but I want ahead, Jody to be finish. taking the fact that Phil Knight is interested. I want her to be taking the fact that he's interested seriously. Take that seriously and have a good faith negotiation about what it would look like and what it would take. And based on the reporting that is out there, and certainly the lack of momentum that any deal seems to have. It doesn't feel like she's doing that. And I think that is a disservice to fans of the Portland Trailblazers, the state of Oregon, and the future of the team. Okay. People, okay. She is in charge of this estate because her brother left her in charge. Right? She didn't build the estate. She didn't buy mm-hmm. the Blazers. She's not a basketball person. Uh, she's not even necessarily a sports person. She is in this position because her brother passed away. That doesn't make her an expert on any of these things that everyone wants her to talk about. So there's no Why way. Why are you marginalizing I'm, her like that? I'm stop. So there's no, I'm, everything I said was a fact. She's not a basketball ex person. She's not a basketball expert. She's not a sports expert. She's made that clear. She, she didn't care about the sports teams. Really? She's in this position for one reason. If Joey Allen had $30 billion, she's not buying a, a sports team. So she's only in this position because her brother put her in this position. So if, 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 if I had a billionaire, multi-billionaire brother who passed away and left me uh, a soccer franchise and a hockey franchise, I'm hiring people tomorrow <laughs> who know more about dealing with those types of entities. Because I don't know jack about soccer or hockey. She is hiring people to be the, the point people for her, and then they report back to her. So her being on the co- on a phone call with Phil Knight doesn't get him anywhere faster than Phil Knight being on the phone call with Burt Cole. And if I'm her, I'm like, I'm not taking any phone calls from anyone until they come with me to with, with a number that makes sense. Now, we don't know what that number is. That's part of the problem. And the public all wants information that she's not required to put out. Uh, Phil Knight hasn't put out what their new offer is. Is that out there? No, because they're negotiating. But everyone wants information. But I have no problem with her having Burt Cole be the point person. I don't see why she should talk to anyone. Burt Cole knows the marching orders. And if they came to Burt Cole with an offer that was just amazing, I'm sure Burt would bring it up to Jody. Or Burke could have been on the phone with them and texted her the offer. And she said, ha, 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 laughy emoji. Tell them to come. With, like, we just don't know. But I, I, the idea that she hasn't had a personal conversation with Phil Knight, to me, doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's a business deal. It isn't, hey, we're two billionaires. Let's get together and talk. No. Bring me an offer that makes sense for me to even consider. And then we'll talk to you. But I just... I, and again, I don't, everyone could be totally 100% right about Jody Allen in this situation. And that's fine. But there's no evidence of that. A lot of it's just speculation. And the idea that she owes the public anything or should make it transparent to me is a joke. Because that's not how business works. 
I think that what I keep coming back to is you said the marching orders and the estate, her responsibility is to the estate. Right. And if that is true, then that is in conflict with what you said earlier about if they're having fun running the team or they're enjoying hang- running the team, and they want to hang on to the team and like, you know, no, I said, which, which comes first, which comes standpoint. first. That's not conflict. That's a, which comes first. It has to be, it has to be the estate. Right. The estate, right. Right. And, so holding on to the have... team, so holding on to the team makes sense. And if they're having fun holding on to it in the process, there's nothing wrong with that. If they're having fun holding on to the team and turning down $5 billion, there's something wrong with that. But we don't know what the offer is. So unless I know what the offer is, I can't sit here and say, oh, they're going to have to take it. $5 billion. I, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm making, an, exa- okay. I'm making, I'm making an exaggeration. Let's, 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 let's bring this back to reality, I guess, because I disagree with you. I think Jody Allen does owe fans something. She is a trustee. She is essentially a, um, she owns a, she is a, um, everything you said, right? Where she inherited the team from her billionaire brother. She was put in charge of, of managing it going forward until she's able to sell it. All of that. She did not by the team herself because of a passion for the team. Okay. So that, all that's true, but let's talk about the business side of this. And I don't know if we're going to get to other things. If you want to get to other things, if you want to talk to Scoot Henderson, we can talk to Scoot Henderson. Maybe we, we can talk about this all day. But apparently, apparently, apparently we can, but I want to just say <laughs> the Phoenix Suns sold for $4 billion earlier this year. Right. Okay. Why did the Phoenix Suns sell for $4 billion? Is it because, um, our, our guy, Robert Sarver wanted to sell, the Suns? No. Robert Sarver did not want to sell the Suns. Robert Sarver was accused of repeated workplace misconduct, of being racist, sexist, sexually harassing women in the workplace, fostering a just toxic culture to a point that he got, I mean, using race, racial slurs. He got, he was suspended by the NBA for a year mm-hmm. and the pressure mounted on him to a point where it was untenable for him not to sell. So the question I would ask, and I don't fully know the answer because you're not seeing NBA teams sold um, elsewhere, right? The Suns are a, you know, a good, um, you know, are a good, are are a great benchmark to say, Oh, they sold for $4 billion. That's the, that's the value. Well, unless I'm forgetting another example, what was the, what, what NBA team has sold, in the last year or two. Like, I don't, th- I'm going through the list real quick just cause I mean, okay. So Ryan Smith bought the jazz in 2021, um, which, you know, was also a mint for Ryan Smith, but really you're not seeing NBA How teams much? move. And what I think that, that the for? fact that there, was that I, think, I feel like it was a 1.7 or something like that. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't one of these dramatic numbers that we are <clears> talking <throat> about. And, you know, that's small market. That is, you know, a, a kind of one, one, one team market. I mean, no disrespect to the NWSL and MLS, but I mean, you know, one of the big four teams in the market. Um, there's a lot of comps between Salt Lake and Portland, although I think Portland is a better market than Salt Lake. It looks like one but the point is you're not seeing billion. teams really sell. Well, yeah. 1.66. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was only 30. Um, so what I would say is we need to look at why and, and, the, the fact that there is a new TV deal coming up in, a, in two years is really relevant. And so maybe rather than just hammering Jody, asking Phil to overpay, the question needs to be, would it be good business for any NBA owner to sell a team right now when we don't know what the value is going to be 
in 18 months when there is a massive influx of cash likely coming into the NBA, which is going to be distributed through all teams. And if the answer is no, and it could be, then it might just be a moot point. Because she shouldn't sell. Right? Not because she shouldn't sell, but because there is a relatively short-term opportunity to, um, to, to grow the value, which all, which I recognize. But Therefore, I still think <laughs> Go ahead. that you have a, you're not, no, 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 that's not where I'm at. I'm willing to entertain the idea that it's not good business to sell a team right now. Okay. What I'm saying though, is you have a moment that is, that is um, rare enough and unique enough. And you have creative business people involved where that's why putting, you know, the, you know, the genius in the room with the person who is selling makes sense to me. I think Phil Knight could figure I don't, whether it is a, some sort of like escalating clause based on the value of the team or, you know, in, you know, with NBA value, with team values in two years, I don't know exactly how all that works, of course, but to me, there is got to be a solution where Phil Knight and Jody Allen can have a productive conversation right now. And the fact is they are not having a productive conversation. And that is where I think, that fans are losing fans are losing how do we because you can say jody i mean listen jody the the blazers are the were the last team in the nba to have a one-to-one g league team last team so if you want to tell me that jody allen really invests in the blazers because he's got getting a g league team okay then why were they the last team in the league to do it you know they had a really small basketball operations staff a really small front office neil o'shea didn't didn't want a g league team as far as i always knew no, I, I listen. I, I think that is also true. But my point is, I mean, that's I mean, that's just stupid. But here's my other point. Everything else that has happened that you're talking about that she's spending on, spending on, spending on, they're behind. They're behind the rest of the league. And you can say that's that's Neil O'Shea, but like Jody Allen getting the Blazers caught up to speed is not is not worthy of a parade. Like I can appreciate that she's not like letting she's not letting things like fall off a cliff. I can appreciate that, but I, again, I go back to the question I asked at the beginning of this conversation, which tells you just how productive of a conversation it's been. Where in what areas are the Blazers cutting edge? Like where are they ahead of the curve? And I and I'm not saying they're doing a bad job. I'm not saying that the Blazers are in disarray. It's none of that. But where are they really? ahead of the curve and cutting edge. And if you can't really pinpoint to say, this is what Jody Allen is bringing to the table that is making the Blazers best in class. And you know, she has to sell the team anyway. Then it really makes me wonder why, you know, it feels like any time, any year that you are moving forward without having that infusion of whether it's money, energy, vision, creativity, you are, you are losing ground. And I feel like the Blazers are losing ground. So whether she can make another $2 billion by waiting until 2025, whatever, good, good on her. I, I hope, I, I literally hope, I truly hope it, it, it solves global warming. I really hope that because I would like my <laughs> grandchildren to have a planet to live on. But So now you're mocking, that, the, now you're mocking the charities? No, I'm not. I, ju- I just said I would like my grandchildren to have a planet to live on. Oh, it sounds, because Jody, it sounds if Jody's going to get... But I, no, I genuinely hope that it like makes the difference, and it's certainly a, a, an unfathomable amount of money that we're talking about. But 
at a certain point, I'm not here to say, what's best for the billionaire? What's best for Jody Allen or, it's not, or the see, estate of the, Paul the, I care about what's best for the city of Portland and the fans of the Portland Trailblazers. And right now, I think they're both getting screwed. There. That's it. (laughs) Well, I hear you. But I think uh, the entity that's in charge of not screwing them is the one trying to buy them. I think they're trying to work it. I think they think they can make a lot of money on it. And I don't think they're stepping up to the plate with an offer that she can't refuse, which they should be able to do. It shouldn't be that hard. If I'm Jody Allen and I don't feel comfortable getting in a room with Phil Knight, I don't do it. I put someone else in that room with him or talk to him because that's not necessarily her area of expertise or maybe she just doesn't want to deal with that. That's why she hires other people to do it for her. And I don't think that's a problem. I don't think she's obligated to talk to Phil Knight. Phil Knight built billion dollar, well, one of the greatest businesses on the history of the planet. Jody Allen inherited money or an estate from her brother who built one of the greatest business entities on the planet. They're not on the same level. So I wouldn't put myself in that position. I'd hire other people to be in that position and then bring me the info. And if it ever gets to the point of serious talks, then fine, I'll listen. But as of right now, what's there to talk about? What's your offer? That, uh, that offer sucks, no. That's all it needs. That's that's the only conversation that needs to be had if I'm her. And the first one sucked. You know, if I could if I could go back in a time machine, which obviously I cannot yet, unless Phil Knight's billions fund time travel through Jody Allen's uh, charities, I would say that I wish that Paul Allen had had the foresight of this situation, which of course, I mean who would have exactly and sold the team to, to Steve Ballmer in 2014. Like that would, that would have been the best case scenario. There's a direct link between the two of them. Not for the estate. Oregon ties. Steve Ballmer, Steve Ballmer buying the trailblazers from Paul Allen would have been the best thing for the, for the Portland trailblazers. But obviously that ship long sale. Yeah. Cause the Clippers are winning titles. Hindsight being what it is. The Clippers are amazing. Man, if that's really where you want to, like, you're going to make me mad. If you don't think Steve Ballmer, <laughs> as the richest player, as the richest owner in the NBA, who literally bought a half a billion dollar uh, arena, the Forum, just to get MSG off his back so he could build the arena he wanted in Inglewood, isn't the best owner in the NBA? I didn't say he wasn't. I, don't even know I, what I didn't even make. I didn't say anything. I'm just well, saying, like, I never. But I never even said. See, why do people do that? I never said anything. But yeah, about they're not winning titles. Like you know how I'm hard just, it is to win titles. I I do know. I was throwing it out there. I'm just joking around. I'm not. It doesn't matter. The, but the point is, what you're saying is that how much would it have sold for? How much would you paid for it? I mean, probably probably a billion dollars a billion or less. Dollars. A billion dollars, and now it could be sold for three and a half. So it was best for right. everyone and again, except for the and estate. And, and again, and except like, for the I whales. Just, You're not I mean, thinking about free Willie. I am. Listen, 
I just am excited for your new your new career as me, a flack for Jody Allen. I think I, I think I hear your phone see, ringing. I see, think she is on the I line. Know, she's know. calling yeah. you directly, not yeah. Phil Knight, but she's calling you because yeah. nobody can articulate what's good for the billionaire better than Aaron Fentress. <laughs> but it's not, I mean, see, what a keep, man of the people. You keep driving, saying driving around that. You in your Tesla, your Mercedes you Benz slash what's Tesla. Good what's good for the billionaire? She's not going to make any money. See that, Bill. You keep saying that. What's good for the billionaire? She's not making money. It's for the estate. If this were just an individual owner, I'd feel differently about it. She's trying to maximize the value for an estate left to her by her brother. So her, how much she's worth is completely irrelevant to this conversation. The one who is actually, no, the billionaire in the conversation who actually, who actually has the money is Phil Knight. So why are you shilling for Phil Knight to get the to get the Blazers at a low price? Why are you saying they should show it to show it to the one the richest man in the world for Everything. one billion when now it's worth maybe four? So who's shilling for billionaires? You're shilling for people billionaires to make a profit. I'm shilling for a billionaire to raise money for an estate to help charity. So who's who's the one on the more higher moral ground here, Bill? It ain't you. Phil Knight why, is worth. Why, Phil why Knight is eighty six years old. He's worth twenty or thirty billion dollars. If he wants the damn team. Walk in there. If he wants the damn team so bad, walk in there and make her an offer. He says she cannot refuse. And if she says no, then I'll be with you on piling on Jody Allen. Until then, all I'm hearing are a bunch of people criticize her and calling her a billionaire when she's not profiting from it and giving Phil Knight a pass when Phil Knight definitely is not some completely honorable person who hasn't made billions off the backs of poor children and third world countries, but she, but we're supposed to let him get the sweetheart deal from her. And if he doesn't get it, then she's the bad guy. sweetheart deal. Two billion was a sweetheart deal. You want you want Jody Allen to sell for less than market value. You want Jody Allen to sell for less than market value. No. Yes, you did. Get out of here. That's what you're saying. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Then we agree then. Nothing about then less we, than market so, value. So offer nothing, four billion. So offer four billion and we're done. I've, the Phoenix Suns are not, I mean, we know that the Phoenix Suns are a more valuable team than the Portland Trailblazers. We know the Forbes, the Forbes, we can pull up the Forbes list. The market matters. Unfortunately, weather matters. Kevin Make Durant an offer she can't refuse. Make an offer she can't refuse. I mean, you, make an offer oh, really? she you can't want, refuse. Oh, really? You want a horse to, you want a horse to die? Make you want a horse head in her sheets? Really? Erin Fentress doesn't care about the health and welfare of animals. She can't refuse. Offer her four billion. Offer her four billion. If she doesn't take it, she's the bad guy. And don't say, "Well, I'm paying. I'm overpaying." You don't think Balmer overpaid? You don't people overpay? I would overpay. Phil Knight can overpay. You don't think you don't think that um, the, the Manhattan penthouses were going to go up in value? Those weren't increasing in value. The art collection wouldn't have increased in value. Why would you sell anything? Not like the sports franchise. Not like sports value. franchises are. Just saying, man. It's like she's gonna have to sell at some point. It will always be going up in value until that we there's a time when we then actually when it actually caps her craters. So and make an offer. She she's can't going refuse. to have to at some point. She's going to have to sell it on the up at some point. Right. That's all I'm saying. So make her an offer. She has to sell it at some point. So do it. Do, Dude, I, if you read the statement from the spokesperson in the in the story in the Wall Street Journal, that basically says. Interested bidders can can be come be part of the process when the time when the team is actually for sale. Okay, well that is not I don't believe operating in the best interest of the franchise. That's smart as negotiations. A steward that's, of smart, the that's smart. Negotiations. If you, that's smart negotiations. That's smart negotiations, man. You're saying uh, it's not for sale. So in order for it to be in, becoming for sale, 
someone has to come to it with a crazy offer. Instead, they're playing, well, what's it really worth? We're going to offer this and try and negotiate. She's not, but she, you can't negotiate with someone who's not negotiating. Her negotiating tactic right now is it's not for sale. So in order to get it to become for sale, you need to come to me with a number that makes it for sale. Otherwise, it's not because it's appreciating. So yeah, you're going to pay me some of that appreciation that we know is coming in the next two years. You're not going to pay me two and then have it be worth four in five years. You're going to pay me the four and have it be worth six and eight years or nine years. That's what she's saying. And that's smart business. Period. And Phil Knight has the flipping money. That's what cracks me up about this. Phil Knight has the money. So just overpay and get it over with. Of course. Otherwise, everyone can stop crying. No one's crying. <laughs> people are crying. No one You're, is crying. People they, are crying. No, do what's be, do. There is, there is. I'm not saying that Jody needs to take a bath on this team. Like, uh, is is that is that what you're hearing from me? No, I'm not saying, at all. I think Phil Knight you, is at the table with three billion dollars, three point five billion dollars, whatever it is. I but I think that it, there needs to be a good faith negotiation. That's what I wrote in the column. That's what I've said. That I want Jody Allen to to listen to a credible offer being put forward on the asset that she is legally obligated to sell. She has she's listened to it. it. For what reason? For why? Oh she gets, uh, okay, Bill, she's getting Bill, handwritten hold letters on, hold on, from hold Alan Smolinski asking to have a conversation and not and not engaging. Hold on. Hold on. There, there's, there's several key things we don't know that make this entire conversation irrelevant. We don't know what they offered her. If she, if she, if he gave a number to Cold and Cold gave it to her, and she sent back laughy emojis, then there's your negotiation. Sitting in a room with them and having them try and work her. So let, let me take let me take this down to a, a totally lower level. Okay, this is the lower level, but I do think it applies. So I buy and sell sports cards on eBay, and sometimes people will want to call me and talk to me. They they don't want to call and talk to me to make me a good deal. They want to call and talk to me and try and work me. And I always say on eBay, make an offer. Well, let's talk about it. No, make an offer and they go away because they're not there to make a legit offer. I have the card priced. They're not there to make, they want to get me on the phone to try and work me. They want to get Jody Allen in the room to try and work her. She has people in front of her to talk first. If they come to Bert with a crazy number, then I think now it's time to talk to Jody. But I don't think the number's right. And neither one of us know what the number is. And what I'm saying is that you make her an offer that's ridiculous and everyone knows about it, then it's on her. But right now, if it's 2.8 billion and she says no, more power to her. What are they gonna say in the phone? What are they gonna say in person? Let's get in person and talk about the 2.8 billion you don't want. What are they gonna say to her? They're gonna try and work her. She doesn't wanna be worked. Give me a number. Make it for sale. No one's so stepping up. And the person not and the person not stepping up, the person not stepping up is Phil Knight, who's 85 and worth 23, whatever he's worth. That's my read on it. Because if he made an offer that she couldn't refuse, if, this thing's done. He's not. They're trying to work it just like they tried to work it last year. Go ahead. Whatever the offer, whatever offer is out there right now, or whatever number has been thrown around. I think we can safely assume it's more than the 2 million, 2.05, I think, that was offered last year, which means that it is almost certainly more than the 2.2 billion that the Houston Rockets were sold for, you know, however many years ago that um, 
Tillman Fertitta bought, Fertitta bought the team. And again, this is changing rapidly by the year, right? Understood. But if the Blazers were to sell for $2.5 billion, it would be the third highest sale of an NBA team in history. At a certain point, Aaron, and I understand, there's always more money. Money people are always going to want more money. I don't want Jody to take a bath on this. I don't want the whales to suffer. <laughs> but at a certain point, I'm really not trying to make fun of the whales. Like I really admire. I, no, um, I know, I know you're Paul not. Paul Allen's commitment. It's just cute when you. But say I mean, it. as a just as a just as a as a point here, at a certain point, these forces can all come together. That what is best for what is good for Jody, and maybe it's not every last hundred million dollars that she could get by holding out. But what's good for Jody, what's good for Phil, and what's best for Portland and the team all come together. And you can't tell me that three million, three, excuse me, three billion dollars isn't getting pretty close to that. That three point five billion dollars isn't pretty close to that. Yeah. Like there is more money. Like Jody, Jody could sell Jody could sell the team to the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and they could be called the Portland Live Blazers, and they could just, <laughs> you know play all their games based out of Saudi Arabia and she could make $50 billion on the team. But like you laugh because that's ridiculous. And so at a certain point, find common ground. That's my only plea here. And I, and find I agree. common ground. Okay. So, so let me, so and, let if me you're, and if you're not going to find common ground, <clears throat> help me understand why not. Right. And, and that's, and that's the thing. Like we, we, our, our debate is coming from two different vantage points, but I think we, ultimately agree on something in principle. And that is this Phil Knight owning the team would be amazing. If they're going to sell the team, please sell it to Phil Knight. We agree on that. If Jody Allen is turning down a crate, what's what we all consider an above market value by a considerable amount, if it's three and a half billion or 4 billion, and she's turning that down, then I'm changing seats. We just don't know what that number is. That's the thing. We just, we, Everyone's debating and talking about this without knowing what the key piece of information is. What's the offer? If she ultimately sells the team to some random billionaire later and that person comes in and wants to move the team or doesn't give a rip about Portland and Oregon and the Northwest, she's like I said earlier, she becomes absolutely the villain. I'm with you. But until we know what the number is that they're offering, it's just hard to even have the conversation to, to me. And I just believe that the person in this whole process who needs to step up with the offer, like I keep saying, that can be refused is Phil Knight and company. He has the money. He has the assets. He has the desire to own it. You're going to make the money back and you can't take it with you. So we agree on that stuff most of it i love i love i love when a conversation ends in just total agreement lockstep agreement well you know i think i think it's good that we you know we, we both go our separate ways and then we try and come back and find some some common ground but seriously like that like, if we knew what the number like we know what the number was last like a comp, a year compliment like, sandwich. like we like we know what the number was last year you just said two what two point two point oh five billion or whatever Two, two billion plus, whatever it was, and change. So we know what that offer was. So we can evaluate that. And we can look back in hindsight and go, yeah, she was smart not to take that. But we don't know what the offer is now. And so it's difficult to even talk about it. Like, what's the offer? Did Phil Knight say three and a half billion? And they said we, no. Uh, then I'm on your side. If, if they offer 2.6 billion, yeah, I see where she might wait. 
I guess here, uh, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fine. I think. I think if if the offer is two point six million and you're and you think three point five should be a done deal handshake d- deal, then they should be talking about it. Because you're. I mean, listen. I feel ridiculous saying that nine hundred million dollars doesn't feel that far apart, and it is. You know what? Uh, is it? Uh, you always get on me about math, but is that like twenty percent of the total deal of a three point five billion dollar deal? Nine hundred thousand of twenty five. I think three point five billion. Twenty five percent. So Wait. I mean, it's not an insignificant chunk of what that would be. Sorry. No, it's, the, yeah, it's 30, 30, like 33 something like that. Sorry. Anyway. Oh, okay. Wait, um, where were you? 2.5 versus 2.5 versus 3.5. Was that it? Three point. I was saying if you had two points, if you, 900 million <laughs> math lessons with Bill and Aaron, uh, $900 million of 3.5. So whatever it is, it's okay. not an unsizable so that's about chunk 30, of the total 30, deal. 4%. Yeah. Okay. That's thirty four percent. That's thirty four percent. Not an. Uns- That's a lot. It's not an insignificant. It's not an insignificant chunk of chunk of the total deal, right? But I feel like at that point you are. I don't know. Whatever. I've never negotiated a, a billion dollar deal, but it just seems to me that these are two people who want the same thing or should want the same thing, and that's the thing that I'm not feeling from Jody is like, is does she want the same thing? Does she want to sell to Phil? Does she want the team to to stay in Portland? Is that a, a driving factor here? And we don't know what's necessarily in Paul's, you know, in his, in the trust, you know, is keeping the team in Portland a driving factor of, you know, Jody's marching orders. We don't know. Um, I, I, we just don't know. So I just would like to think that there are a lot of smart people involved here and that they can come together and find a way to make something work. And if not, then I want to see Jody kick ass at owning the Blazers and, you know, be an, be an invested, you know, owner of the Blazers. And, like, you can say, yes, she sits courtside. She wears the leather jacket. She's active in meetings. I don't know that she's doing a bad job, but I want to see her do a great job at it. If that's if that's the way it's going to be, then show me that you're an awesome owner. So let, let's let's change uh, – shift. let's shift gears here then. I'm curious, what would you like to see them do in that that's regard? Let's say, let's say she's going to keep the team for 10 years. What would you like to see her as an owner – do with the Blazers. I want to see a five hundred million dollar investment in the Rose Quarter. Okay, and so now, now that's a great that's a great point because one of the things that Phil Knight supposedly wants to do is completely revamp that entire area, right? And that's and that's where I start thinking, okay, if he's willing to do that, if he's willing to spend the money to do that, to me that makes it even more of a reason to quote unquote overpay. Because you're gonna, you're already planning to invest a lot in revitalizing that entire area, which is gonna area anyway, which is gonna make it infinitely more more valuable. But it also, I think, points puts pressure on Jody because she hasn't done anything or shown any idea or plans or effort to do anything in that area. And so, if now I 100 agree with you, if she's gonna keep the place for 10 years, that she should do more. Go ahead. And so I had a conversation with Dwayne Hankins, who's the president of the Blazers at the All-Star game mm-hmm. about about this very thing. You know, he is the, he is talking about them laying the groundwork and having a vision for the Rose Quarter. There are improvements that are being made in the arena this summer. You know, it's more infrastructure, but there are seats being replaced, you know, the the undergirding of the of the, of the end zones of the of the arena are being replaced. So there's money going into the infrastructure of Moda Center. 
So it's not like money isn't getting spent or things aren't being done. But at this exact moment, you know, dated scoreboard, dated fan experience, dated bowl, um, Rose Quarter's a ghost town. You know, that has never been a district that has worked. And, you know, there's a lot happening in that area, you know, with the Albina vision. Obviously, Phil Knight put the 400 billion, 400 million, gosh, I've got $400 billion suddenly getting spent. $400 million that went into um, that area for the 1803 fund. You know, the Lloyd Center is a big who knows at this point with the potential of the Portland Diamond Project being involved there, something I've written about. So that whole area is undergoing sort of a transformative moment. And the Blazers are involved. Of course, they're, oh, the I-5, uh, you know, uh, corridor uh, project that ODOT's doing right through there as well. The Blazers are involved. The Blazers are at the table. The Blazers have a voice. You know, they are, you know, they they are laying out a vision. You know, I frankly thought that there was going to be an announcement about a vision of for the Rose Quarter and the arena, like a 10-year vision that we would have heard about by now. Hopefully that's still coming soon. But, you know, that would be a start. You know, show me that you are really investing in it in the in the in in a long term sort of way. Yeah, but honestly, like and I, I kind of want the person who's doing the Rose Quarter and the, the long term owner. And and I, right. I guess I, I don't know. I just don't know quite what it looks like if Jody starts projects, you know, now, and then sells the team in two years while they're you know they're part way underway. I don't know how that necessarily works. <clears throat> I mean, it probably make more sense to sell it as it is, and then let Phil or whoever you know billionaire of choice come in and and apply his or her vision. But right, I agree. I don't know. That's why this feels like such a fraught time for the whole enchilada. Aaron, should we scoot along? We we agree. We I think we agree on that that last point. At the end of the day, we all want to see Phil Knight take it over and see what he does with it. Uh, the only disagreement we really have is, is what kind of obligation Jody has to making that happen if the price point isn't what she wants. <laughs> so. All right, that's it for this rather lengthy episode of the Sports by Northwest podcast. I'm Aaron Fentress. He is Bill Oram. Please give us a five-star rating and click that subscribe button. Also, you can join our subtext campaign where you can receive text directly from myself and Bill Oram with links to articles as well as our takes on the goings-ons in, in the sports world, specifically to the state of Oregon. You can start your 14-day trial by simply texting 503-386-0095. Thanks for listening.